You're listening to Unfiltered with Muhammad Uncut, a podcast about personal growth and authentic leadership. If you're looking for tips on how to manage others, get ahead, and make your way up the corporate ladder, this is not the show for you. This podcast is about being of service to others, leading from the heart, and evolving into a better version of yourself. Each episode brings you motivated stories about unfiltered leadership and authentic leaders, those who involve others, use their influence to amplify diverse perspectives, and inspire teams to achieve collective results. If this sounds like you, keep listening. Hello, and welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast. And today I have an incredibly unfiltered and wonderful guest, Amy Blaschka. Good morning. How are you, Amy? I'm well. How are you, Mohammed? Good. Thank you for being my guest today. I'm so excited about the conversation you and I are about to have because, um, as my listeners know, the Unfiltered Podcast is about transformational change, how we can become better leaders of ourselves so that we can lead others. It's kind of the alchemy of how we can take our base you know, who we are, and just help ourselves to grow and learn, learn from others, learn from our self-awareness. And that's something that you speak about often. But for those people who don't already know you, and I think that'd be difficult because you have such an incredibly wonderful presence online, I'd like to give people a bit of background who Amy is. So once again, thank you for joining me today. And this is the only scripted part of the podcast. So Amy Blaschka has made a career offering stories with a service and with a background in film and over three decades in branding products, places, and people. Defounding her strategic writing practice, Amy has now understood the power of weaving a compelling tale, which she does when she shares content with us every day. Amy helps leaders craft their stories to communicate and connect better through ghostwritten social media posts, as well as writing engaging, original, honest, authentic career stories for her clients to position them for success and change, how others perceive, pay, partner with, and promote them. Amy has also been a long-time leadership contributor to Forbes, covering personal transformation and impact on career growth. And her latest creative projects will see her share the latest story brewing in her head as she works on gaining a new moniker as a novelist. But today, I have the pleasure of welcoming her as my unfiltered guest. So thank you, Amy. Thank you. So you bring so much to the platforms where you share your content. You do that at, under your own you know, pen name and you do that for others. Uh, what drives you? Where's the passion coming from to allow you to shine so radiantly when you share content and, and I mean and I'm not just you know you you I, I, I said to this to you off camera you've got a smile that lights up the virtual room and that inspires us to want to listen and learn from you and that you teach us and share with us but where does that all come from I think there's I I'm an insanely curious person and I'm always interested most really what makes people tick and what drives them and what motivates them, what excites them, the things that really um, are, are really inherent to who they are. And that, that curiosity around people also extends to myself. So it's funny because a lot of what I write about, I, I hope is helpful and valuable to others, but so much of it is, is something that, you know, I need to read, I need to be reminded of, I need to hear, I need to, you know, be sure that I do this. So it's, it's always on this quest, I think, for, um, to get to know myself, to get to know others. Um, and I just, I think that uh, curiosity is what drives me is to find out more, to be more knowledgeable, and then to share that wisdom with others. Because I feel like if at least one other person thinks this is important or valuable. <laughs> there are probably a few others. And, um, you know, when I put something out there, obviously I'm curious to see who's, does it, does it resonate with anybody? And so I track that. And, um, you know, it was, it was hard at first because I think when you're a creative person and you put something out into the world, it, at least for me, it feels this way. You're putting a part of yourself out there and you become very vulnerable. You feel like, oh my gosh, this is, this is not just like, oh, I threw an article out there or a post. You feel like, no, this is like, I put my arm out there. I put a piece of Amy out there to be 
to be viewed, to be judged, to be critiqued, to, to be, you know, to, to see if it is valuable. And I think it just, it gets easier over time, but what's worked best for me, I think what drives me is just, like I said, having that curiosity and that, you know, when I hear from someone that something I put out into the world content wise made an impact, a positive impact in their life. And that could be, they tell me publicly in a comment, which is awesome to hear, but more more often I'm getting a direct message, a private message where the only other person on the planet that knows that they did this is me. But that's, you know, to me, that's what drives me is that, wow, if I can help at least one person at a time, you know, cause my, my whole thing is I want to inspire transformation and I want to positively impact the lives of millions, which is a lofty goal. But if you tackle that one person at a time, you know, right. you have that momentum, you keep going. So, and, and you know, I know you're a very modest person, but you are getting close to your goal. And, you know, because, you know, you're putting yourself out there. And I love it. You know, like Brene Brown talks about vulnerability and courage. They're, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 they're the two faces of the same coin, right? And so when you present yourself, and I, I watch your videos, and I recently re-watched the video of your first video presence. I think maybe, was it a year ago or a couple of years ago? But No, I, it was... Three years ago, okay, 2017, okay. yeah. But, but, you know, you said, hey, just throw back Thursday. This is when I did my first video. But what really resonates with me is that sense of awareness and modesty because a lot of time people just see the filtered, hey, look how well I do this. Look how good I am. I'm a professional. I'm a pro. And you are, by the way. <laughs> people no, no. don't see that when the camera goes off, it's like, holy shit, that was kind of really nerve-wracking. And mind you, nobody's in the room with us when we put it out there, but to your point, we put it out into virtual La La Land, and all of a sudden it's being consumed by two or 2,000 or 20,000 people, and people get to hear your message. But when you put it out there, you do so in a way that you're down to earth, people want to listen, people want to hear, and it resonates and people can see themselves in that mirror. And as we move into this new virtual world and we're no longer as much connecting in person and it's hard when you're several thousand miles away anyway. So what you're doing is you're just telling people, hey, just get curious and it's okay. And you don't have to be perfect and better be imperfect. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. And you know, when I, when I listen to your videos and you're talking about self-awareness and not just your videos, but you know, any content that you put out there, we'll get into that, just how diverse you are with your content. But the important message that I get is I don't have to be perfect. And, and I, you know, this is about you, but by the way, I, I just want to call this out because I've done things and I've done them wrong. And the self-awareness you often talk about is what helps us grow. Because I wanted things to be so filtered. I wanted them to be so perfected. I wanted, you know, the right script. And at one time I was even reading and so forth, right? And a colleague of mine, you probably know him, Jay Andrews, on, you know, a fellow Canadian, said, Muhammad, just be yourself. And that's before I started the Unfiltered Podcast. But that passion of my own, I wanted to bring here because I wanted to spotlight people like you who were coming across as unfiltered, saying, hey, you can just get better. You can practice. And then when you do this, just share your message. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to your point, you're putting yourself out there, you're getting curious, but your courage is certainly not clouding your vulnerability, but it's showing people how they can be real and authentic. And I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank well, you. I, you know, I think that's what works best. It, and it's not unique to me. I, I, you know, this is how I advise my clients too. It's the, the, the problem with social media sometimes is that you know, all that's presented is this airbrushed Instagram worthy high life, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you have your own business, it's like, oh, and everything's great. You you wouldn't dare share the, you know, oh my God, you know, I lost three clients this week or, or wow, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Or, you know, not everything is, you know, rainbows and unicorns. I mean, I am an inherently positive person that that's a choice. That's who I am. However, that does not mean that I, I'm always smiling. Oh my gosh, this, this year alone right, yeah. is crazy. And, and recently I've had some things that I'm like, oh man, not one more thing. But, but I think when you share, when you're genuine, 
people respond to people ultimately. No, I don't care how great your content looks, how slick it is. If your message isn't genuine and it's not really truly who you are as a human being, nobody cares. I'm and sorry, they don't. They don't. And they might shows. be like, oh, I'm going to hire that editor because that stuff yeah. looks cool. But they're not listening. They're not honing in on what you're saying and what and that takeaway should be. So, you know, if you are trying to decide between, well, should I should I put out something and maybe it's not as polished or should I wait and hire this and just do it? Just start because you're right. I think that's, you know, it, that, that first video that I did three years ago, even that before I put it out. And I, I say this in the video, I hemmed and hawed for three weeks. This is when LinkedIn had opened up that video to everyone, not to everyone, but it was like, I was a beta and I was like, how did I get this? And then I, was, I felt this immense pressure, like, oh, don't screw this up. And ultimately what I ended up posting was just like a minute. And it was very much, it was about being perfectly imperfect. And right. not surprisingly, that video did very well because I think that resonates with a lot of people. They feel this like oh gosh, how do I do this? What, you know, I could never get started in video. And look, I'm a writer. So I even felt a little bit like a fish out of water. Like, do I really need to do it? Who, who cares, right? You know, but I will say this too about video, certainly any content, but something like video where you can see somebody's face and I'm talking with my hands and gestures. It, it, it really ups that no like and trust factor, right? Because people then get to know you and, they, and this happens to me all the time. People will say, you know, by the time they reach out, I feel like I know you yeah. because you, you're who you are, right? you know, yeah. you're, you're sharing part of yourself. And the way that I speak in person is very much the same as I write. I mean, there's probably less filler words in my, my written content <laughs> than in my verbal, but, but that's who I am. So, yeah. Well, you know, I think to put some context around this, we, to your point, you know, when LinkedIn made this available and Instagram has been doing this for a little longer, you know, and we're not knocking on Instagram, but that's where we see that filtered, polished, you know, perfected image, you know, where people are like this, they're miserable, but then they get on the camera and they have that smile and the camera goes away and then the grimace comes back, right? Yeah. A lot of us are carrying those demons and we don't, you know, show them on screen. But to put things in context, when we went from the Kardashian perfectionism of real, uh, you know, reality TV, where you just, you know, from Survivor to Kardashians to whatever, we didn't know that the, the, the boundary between real and realistic and, and then fake and, and acting, who knows anymore, right. right? And then all of a sudden you have a new era of, and I don't want to call them influencers, people who, uh, you know, took a particular platform, whether it was LinkedIn or Instagram, whatever, and then they shot to stardom through putting themselves out there. And the, you know, the early adopters really did that. But then I think what happened, and I see this in, you know, whether it's in fashion, whether it's in professional development, whatever the area is, those early adopters skyrocketed to being known and they became the epitome for everybody else, but they were untouchables. And so now we look at some, and you know, not knocking anyone, but you look at some people who are putting content out there and they don't seem real because they're not as immediate. Like, you know, you go to Oprah's and I, I love Oprah, but is it Oprah or is it somebody else running her, the show behind, right? And to your point, when people connect with you, they're connecting with Amy. They're getting Amy's services. They're getting her, I'm not, what I call the unfolded, authentic. What you see is what you get. That's right. It, right, because my confusion is, wait a minute, what's my standard all of a sudden? If it's the... The, you know, the reality TV, celebrity style, influencer, I'm just going to continuously fail. And failure is not bad, but I'm not going to hit any sort of standard that's going to say, hey, I can make a difference or I'm making a difference. Because we also know there's something called algorithm. You can work your ass off, but you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. So there's personal smarts that I think, you know, you talk about often. There's the how to do things in terms of algorithm and posting and how to frame and create content, which again, you talk about, and then there's just showing up. So tell us a bit about your expertise because you share that often. How do we bring those three together to get better at doing it? Well, so a couple of things. I mean, the whole algorithm thing, everyone's trying to game the system. And honestly, with content, like with most things in life, you got to play the long game. 
Sorry, there's no shortcuts. You have to, and you talked about showing up. I say the three things that I like to stress with content, but this is really true of anything, are clarity, consistency, and discipline. So clarity, so, so important. So important. You need to know what do you want, right? What's your goal? What do you want? And, and clarity too, when you are producing and creating content is, you know, key, because if people are confused, you're going to lose them. They're, they're, what, what is she talking about? You know, so you really need to stick to one clear takeaway and you need to get to it quickly because if mm. you go, this happens a lot. I see in content where the people talk round and round and round or say in a video that, you know, I, I, if I see it's eight minutes long, I'm like, and they're alone. I'm like, what are they? <laughs> am I going to invest you that time? The book, right? You should have written the book. No, it's crazy, but but you know, just get to it. I'd rather see concise and shorter bits. And I think, unfortunately, with the attention span, because of things like you know, social media and reality TV, everything is a soundbite. Everything is quick, and you will like you are shooting yourself in the foot if you are not following these things. So clarity is really important. Consistency. Just you have to keep showing up. You have to keep mm. putting stuff out there. And the way it works is that it's not just one time somebody, you know, you have one article or one update or one video or something that goes viral and good for you if that happens, but that often doesn't. And it takes multiple times for people to understand they keep that. Oh, I see another article from Amy or I see mama put out a video. Oh, it's a podcast. Oh, it's this. Wow. Okay. And you have to kind of keep hitting them with that because even though you are living in your world 24 seven, your audience you know. isn't right. So showing up consistently and being the one that over time they'll come to associate you, especially if you, you know, are consistently writing and, 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 putting content out there about kind of those things in your wheelhouse, they'll be like, oh, okay, well, she's the per person who talks about this. And that's the, the last thing is discipline. So I talk to my clients a lot about this too, is discipline to stay in your wheelhouse. It does not mean, like, I'm a really curious person that has a, loves variety. I love a lot of different things, but you need to be mindful and intentional with what you put out there because, and I always use it because example. It's just, it's something that I have, I don't know anything about. So if suddenly I was putting something out about blockchain, right? People, what? Like, what? Why is she doing that? Like that doesn't, it, it's, you know, there's incongruence and you're not aligned with really what matters most to you and, and what you want people to come to associate with you. You want to make it very easy for others to quickly understand who you are, what matters most to you, how you can help them. So if you stick to consistency and discipline and clarity, you really can't go wrong. And that's, it, it's like, it sounds very basic. It sounds maybe boring, uh, but it works. I, this is what I do. I, and this is how I advise my clients. So it's like, I'm telling you it, it, it but it's not going to be overnight. Nothing is. You have to put the work and you have to keep showing up. You have to keep putting yourself out there. But eventually, it, you know, you get into this cycle. Exactly. We are doing this, that people will come to recognize you. They'll understand. And they'll, whatever your goal is, whether you want people to follow you, you want people to connect with you, you want people to partner with you, you know, you're going to, you're going to make an impact in that way. Um, but it does take work and it does take you kind of following those three things. And, you know, when you said that, it reminded me of the post that you shared again, maybe about a month ago, because people have been talking to me about niche for months. And I've done many things in my life. I, you know, and maybe in spite of, or because of the imposter syndrome, I've learned to master many things. And so I never wanted to be boxed into one place. But if I need a doctor today, I won't go to, to, to a lawyer or to an accountant. And if I need a particular doctor, you know, uh, somebody who's going to perform, you know, to perform surgery, as opposed to talking to me about my brain and right, I will go to a particular doctor. And so when it comes to social media and the message that we put out there, some of us <clears throat> don't get it, don't get that defining, having that clarity and consistently showing up in the discipline so the discipline of where you are, but also and how disciplined you are in getting there really, really matters. And so when you had put that post out there, you did it with such clarity. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, I really have to show up to say, this is what I do best. 
I may be able to do all these other things, right? right? Mm -hmm. But I'm on this particular platform or I'm showing up here, whether it's LinkedIn or whatever, or on my website, if I want to provide a service, and that service to your point is to partner or get a client or simply make a difference in the world, what's the message? And I was able, after that, you know, share that you did, I was able to go and redo part of my, you know, my landing page. And because it just, I, I said, wait a minute, it's not clear enough. Because to your point, we're in our heads 24 seven, 365, right? Mm -hmm. And we expect, we make the assumptions that others are going to connect with us in the same story that we live, but they don't. And to your point, and if I may just ask for a clarification, you said, you know, you can't go wrong if you use, you know, clarity and, and consistently show up and be disciplined. But may I ask, you could go wrong, but that's okay. But you moreover, as you continue showing up, you'll start getting it right more often. Is, is that a fair? Well, I, I think, you know, if you're clear on who you are, what matters most to you, what you, how you help others, right? So you can show up and be clear, like, look, I'm a jerk. <laughs> you can be that person, but that's probably not going to attract your audience to you unless right. you're looking for more jerks. So I think part of it is figuring out, yes, and believe me, I have a very non-linear career path. So I get having a lot of different interests and kind of going through different, you know, uh, corporate, nonprofit, entrepreneurial, all these different things. But, but it really comes down to making it easy for others, for your intended audience, whether that mm -hmm. is someone who potentially will hire you, that will, you know, partner with you, someone that might be your client, somebody that you might hire, you want to make it easy. So even if, even if you are the person that's hiring others, even if you're the CEO of a company, you want to make it really clear, like, well, why, why would others want to work with you, you know, and, and I think that one of the things I like to say that in the four words, it's not about you, right? So when you are thinking about your communication, um, you just have to remember you, it's, it's not just you, you, you have to think about others and how they think and how they take in information and, and realizing that like all of us, no one's living in a vacuum, even though we feel like right now we're all kind of, you know, you know, sheltering in place, but it's, everybody has a million other things going on, priorities right. and things in their life. And you are mine. So you need to break through that clutter. You need to have something that is instantly clear and recognizable. And, and the thing is, I, I think the people shy away from, you started this with talking about sort of niching down. Um, and there's a fear that, oh my God, if I get too narrow, I, I'm going to miss out on opportunities. But I will tell you from someone who started wide and with the writing and then has gone narrow, just because you focus on something, it does not preclude you from doing additional things. But when you have something that you're like, this is my specialty, um, what will happen is, yeah, maybe you'll miss out on some opportunities, but they're probably not the right opportunities. Oh, you'll kind God. of weed out and filter out the folks that, you know, are, you know, weren't really right anyway. And, and this happens to me still from time to time that people, people will see the ghostwriter part of, of, you know, what I do and, and not the social media part. And they'll be like, oh, well, I need help writing a book. And I said, well, although I've done that, that's not really what I do, but let me refer you to somebody else. Mm. So in that way, it's, I'm helping them still, but it's not really for me. Could I do this? Have I done this? Yes. Do, you know, is that the, I think this is the other thing. Is that the highest and best use of your talents. Right. And only you can answer that. And for me, it's like, no, you know, for, for me to do something like that, I have to do it. I have to only work with one client and everyone else has right. to go away. And that one client's happy, but then, you know, I'm not doing that. So I, I think it's as the longer you do this, yes, clarity, you can, you can hone in on that over time. You can start with, well, I think it's this. We'll test it like anything else. And right. By the way, it's not etched in stone. You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to, you know, if anything, this year, a lot of us have had to pivot, right? right. And, and, and kind of how you do things and what you're doing exactly in response to sort of what's the environment? What do people need? How can I best help? You know, what worked before, you know, so not to get too, too worried that, well, if I say this, I'll never have another opportunity again. But if you say, this is who I help, this is how I help them, what I do, then guess what? Those people will then go, oh, okay, then, then we should right. talk. So it, it helps attract the right people to you. 
And, you know, it, it, it's not that it repels anybody, but I think it lets people know, oh, okay, that's not what she does or that's not what he does exactly. Or, well, it's close. So let me just ask. And maybe she or he knows somebody else who does something similar. So that, well, that happens to me all the time. And I'm happy to refer people out, editors, different types of writers and stuff. Um, but yeah, well, I, 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 well, think I think it's- You're doing yourself a favor as well as your potential client or consumer, because, you know, you're not necessarily saying, I don't know. You could, but you're just saying, you know, maybe somebody else knows better, or I choose not to know this one as well, or I know it, but I want to focus on this. So I, I think, you know, in, in a world where there's hyper-competitiveness, and I'm coming from a place of abundance, I'm not, right? But still, there's maybe, you know, we all do some sort of coaching. There's thousands, hundreds of thousands of coaches out there. When you are clear on where it is that you want to help somebody, you're saying to your potential client or consumer, this is what I'll focus on. And again, when you said it today, as when you did a month ago, with that clarity, you're not, I don't think, you know, and I, and I got this clarity from Ashley listening to you again. It's not a matter of excluding yourself from what you could do. It's a matter of making yourself more of an expert in what you do. And, you know, I don't think anybody knows the video that I put out three weeks ago or three months or three years ago. So to your point, you can change so long as your change consistently starts moving in a similar and the same direction going forward so that you can show up more consistently so people say hey amy's going to talk to me about this and now i know you know she's the subject matter expert you become known for what you do yeah. and not necessarily out here you know you become known as a doctor of such and such and not just a doctor or a service provider and, and you know i think that's important because again if I wanted to watch the Kardashians on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook and figure out, am I just being entertained? Is somebody putting out some piece of content to entertain me? Or are they trying to engage and pique my interest because I have a problem that needs to be solved? And that comes to what you said and you said so well is at the end of the day, we're using these platforms to provide a service and potentially you know, a, a service where we want to engage as partners, grow our client base, and, you know, we're saying, hey, look, we're here to serve you and solve your problems. And this is how we do it. Right. 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 Well, and it's interesting. So I was thinking about this as you were talking, too, because I, you know, it's not just that people like, oh, I want to do everything. But this year in particular, people have had to kind of shift or they've made it or they, you know, by choice, they're like, you know what, now's the year I'm going to try to go out mm. on my own. So. You need to remember, and that's great. That's terrific. I, you know, try things, right? Do this. But you need to make sure that the message that you are, the way you're presenting yourself aligns and supports that. So you can have a variety of experience. And I've, I've dealt with leaders all the time where they're like, well, I'm an expert here. Or I've done this, 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 and this. Or I had a gentleman that was like, I've been in the military, I've been in nonprofit, I've been in corporate. You know, how do I tell that story? And now I'm doing this. And I think it's really important that there's always a common thread that you can pull together. So it makes sense. Don't let somebody else, don't put the onus on someone else to figure out why you're doing what you're doing or how that all fits. Make it very easy. So they're, oh, of course, they should read about you and go, yeah, okay, I get it. And there is, there is always a common thread, even if you're someone like me who has a very non-linear career path. And a lot of us do. I mean, it's, it's rare these days that somebody is at the same company, one company for like their entire career, right? It just, it's just the nature of the beast. People are moving around, but I think it's, nobody questions that. I think they just want to see, well, okay, how does that experience relate to what you are doing for me now? So I talk a lot about, you know, selling your destiny, not your history. So Can you just need to make, yeah, make, like make that. sure that I, I don't, I, now I can't take credit for that. I saw no, that somewhere, but I, but I loved before. it, sure. but it makes sense when you're talking about your career story and kind of how you help people. So it's not to say, well, I was a nurse, so I, that doesn't really apply to it. Well, find something that does or, or I was doing this and then I was doing that. It's like, well, there's something, there's always something you just have to dig a little deeper. And that gets back to that clarity question of like, you know, there's, there's a reason that you chose this job, this job, this job. And yes, we right. all need to make a living, but there's probably something more um, that aligns with who you are and your purpose maybe, and what really right. matters and you pull that string and then you can, oh, okay. Now I see, 
even though they're different industries, functionally there's a link or there's something really, I'm helping people are making an impact, whatever the case may be for you. So I think it's important too, that yes, narrow, but when you do that, make sure that all that other experience helps you, right? Put your best foot forward by making sure it aligns and supports that. So you're not asking somebody else to make a huge leap Right. Because again, if, if you, if you're, if you're lazy and you don't do the work and you expect somebody else to do it, guess what? They probably won't. (laughs) And so Amy, to your point, when you're working with people and you're encouraging them to, to find that destiny, maybe use their history. I love the way you said it. Just look at what's been your purpose. Why do you get up and why did you get up for the past 20 years? Is there a common thread that has allowed you to show up? in service of others. You are a nurse, you're today uh, writing about self-care, right? And, you know, it's probably a similar story Mm -hmm. unless you've completely pivoted, but there's probably still something innate, inherent to what you're doing. So do you recommend sometimes that people are going through that search to start there, to start with defining their purpose? Yeah, I I, I mean, if you're doing it on your own, certainly, I think you need to kind of go through, think about those stories, think about those times when you felt really good. I mean, you've probably heard people say this before, but the thing, but when I work with a client and I'm helping them with their career story, I mean, we do a deep dive call and I'll ask them different things, but I always start with, you know, what do you want? And then we kind of, and I do ask them, I ask them if they're familiar with Simon Sinek, I say, what's your why? What's your why? You know, what's your why? And inevitably it's more of a conversation. I have some framing questions, but we'll, they'll inevitably talk and tell me a story about something they think is unrelated. Something about when they were a child, something that happened, you know, a milestone or trigger event, something. And in the course of telling me, I'll say, well, there it is. So what you're saying is this, and I'll be able to pull it out of it. And it's like this huge revelation. And it's funny, you know, you talked about being a coach. I'm not a coach, uh, but I've had people who I work with say, oh my gosh, you're like my therapist you know, because <laughs> I end up telling you things and inherently it's a trust relationship. Sure. Right. But the, the, the things that they're not seeing, you know, it's that um, they, they're living, you're, everybody is so much in their own world. They don't even see. So having like a third party objective person and as they're saying things, it occurs to them like, oh my gosh, yeah, wow, I never thought about it that way. Or uh, just, it's just reframing, you know, a little bit. But if you understand sort of what really drives you, you know, and I've had, I've had um, folks come to me because they're like, well, I want to be a, I want to be a CIO again, and I want to do this. And I'll have just spent like an hour with them talking about their varied experience. And I'll say, really? You know, I'll push back. Really? Is that what you want? And they're like, well, I need to do that. I'm like, what do you want? What do you really, what, you know, and, and they'll, somebody maybe have talked about like people and not that you don't deal with people as a, you know, chief information officer, but it's more data. It's more, you know, it's like, so what is it really, you know, and, and you've talked about this, 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 and sometimes they don't even see the patterns. They don't see that. It's like, no, 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 I'm this. And it's like, really? Cause I, the impression you're giving me is this. And, oh, and, and it's sort of, I, I think folks are a little scared to kind of embrace because they think, oh, well, that's, that's not marketable or that's not, mm. you know, whatever. Or they, you know, they hear these stories in their heads from when they were a kid from a teacher or a parent or whomever. It's like, well, uh, and you know, I got that too. You know, it's like, okay. But so I, I think when I hear others doing it, I'm try to, it's not tough love, but it's, it's, it's certainly, it's bringing it to their attention. And it's encouraging them. It's like, well, if you're going through all this trouble to kind of talk about what you do and figure out what you want. Shouldn't you lead with what you really want? Now's the time to do that rather than keep suppressing it down and suppressing it down. You know, even if, okay, even if, you know, it can't be your primary source of income, there's, there's a part of you. If this keeps coming up, you should listen, right? Yeah. So and, and you said that magic word, because of course I have to ask you and I will in a moment about leadership and what you write about and that passion, but you said the L word and that is listen. And in hearing you and feeling what you're saying and listening to you, what you do by leaning in and getting curious with the people you speak with is you listen to them. So can you tell me why listening? And I know 
some of us, you know, you may be singing to the choir, (laughs) but I think we can always benefit from a reminder about the power of listening. Yeah. So it's funny because though I'm a writer, I would say my greatest skill as a writer is my ability to listen. Well, I can tell. It's, (laughs) it's so, so important. And I think the thing with listening is that people think, well, I'm listening, you know, but because you're talking and I'm not talking, so I'm listening. It's like, no, it's not exactly, that's not exactly it. Because if you're trying to think about what you're going to say next, particularly if you're someone that maybe they're in sales and they have a script and they're trying to get to and get versus just honing in and listening to what somebody is saying. And, and for me, what I do too, I'm listening to what they are saying, but I'm also listening to what they're not saying. And it, mm. there's a little subtle difference there because often people are afraid to actually say what they really feel, right? So they'll, they'll dance around it. They'll say certain things. And, you know, I'll just like, it's, it's like the power of, of, of verbal observation, if that makes sense. It's like making note of like, hmm, like I've, I noticed you said this. I, I heard you say that, you know, is that something? Or you've said this word five times in the last 10 minutes. Do you realize that? You know, are you aware that you're doing? And it's like, no, no. So uh, listening, listening is the greatest tool to foster understanding, um, particularly if you don't agree with someone because there's a lot of divisiveness right now, like certainly in the world, but certainly here in the US. And I think if you can get past the need to be right, the need to have the last word, and you truly listen with the intent to understand, not just to like steamroll over somebody with your point of view, or I'm the best, or I'm no best or whatever, it's, it's amazing what can happen. And, you know, and part of that is, is maintaining that sort of, um, that curiosity that I spoke of, you know, it's still, that's all still part of listening is and asking follow-up questions just so you can better understand. And when you can ask a follow-up question, when you've been listening, it actually signals to the other person that you are listening because it's like, oh, okay. She heard what I said. And, and I, you know, this isn't like something that I'm, you know, consciously going, oh, I need to do this. I naturally do this, but it may be reframing something they just said in your own words. It's like, okay, so you said this, do you mean this? So I, you know, it's helping me better understand. It kind of takes it and it, it's like paraphrasing it. And, and if it's not, then they're, they have a chance to, oh no, no, what I meant was this, or yeah, I never thought about it that way. So listening, listening signals trust, certainly it signals, you know, that you are willing to understand. So empathy, certainly all the soft skills, right? <laughs> Where it's like, I'm going to put myself in your shoes and I can better understand instead of being so, you know, blinders on and it's like, no, this is the way it is. And I'll give you a chance to speak, but I don't really care what you're saying. So uh, listening, listening allows you to get smarter. If, if you surround yourself with people that they feel that they are in an environment where they can speak freely and candidly, especially if you're the leader. Oh my gosh, do not fall into the trap of surrounding yourself with yes people. That's just an echo chamber. That's yeah, you you'll end up like bad. That's not a good thing to do. But if I, you know, when I I mean I'm a one man show now, but when I was leading my teams and building them, I always wanted to make sure that the people that reported like look you know, do it respectfully, but if you disagree or you think I'm headed, you know, a landmine, please let me know. Let me know your perspective. And I had those people were like, look, you know, I, I don't know, Amy, you know, this is happening, or maybe you shouldn't do that, or what do you think about this? And it's just it it makes you a better leader when you can kind of hear from other smart people when you're not the smartest person in the room and you're willing to listen and learn. So it's it's essential. It is you should always listen more than you talk. Amazing. I, I guess that's why we got one of these and two of these, right? And, right. you know, I, as you said that, I, I, I was completely listening to you and I was going into the serious mode because when you talked about the divisiveness of where we find ourselves with everything that's happening with the elections in the United States, with what's happening with COVID and, and what's happening with our economies and Black Lives Matter and, re, you know, before this, you know, Me Too. And, you know, we've come from centuries of colonization and, and, and racism and that isn't going away. And, you, you know, people are probably saying, and you think racism is going to solve, you think listening is going to solve all that. Yes, listening is the key to creating equality. 
Because as you said, if I'm listening just so I can respond, I'm formulating my question, I've stopped listening. I'm only hearing and maybe chatter. But if I'm listening to understand as opposed to respond, I'm now, to your point, I'm being empathetic. I'm getting closer to finding that commonality where maybe we don't agree, but what can we stand on? And, you know, I think people who have never felt validated, people who have been at the brunt of racism and discrimination and bigotry and hatred and, and fear and ignorance, they've always felt that if they could be seen and heard, and that's not too much for us to ask. And, you know, I've really gone from, hey, Amy, you're a great person on LinkedIn and social media, and you're helping us with, with knowing how to pitch ourselves and content. But if at the end of the day, we don't show up as those transformational humans mm -hmm. who can do our work, who can align with people and connect and create these relationships, but then move the bar, kind of swing us mm -hmm. closer to creating better communities where yeah. we like we not only feel included mm -hmm. you know diversity is a fact that inclusion is a choice but we feel like we belong mm -hmm. so open the door and I can walk through it and feel like I belong because I choose to be with you and even if in that room there isn't much that we can agree on but we can sit together right and listen mm -hmm. so yes. tell me Using that as an opportunity to talk about leadership and your definition of leadership, why is it important for us to build leaders who are willing to transform us and take us out of this divisiveness? And I'm gonna, this is where I have the unfiltered thought of the week. I ask my expert guest, you know, what piece of advice or enlightening personal learning that you've had that can help us become a better leader? I mean, unfortunately, no I think a lot, a lot of us learn from experience. And um, when before I became a boss, before I had people that I was trying to lead, um, I was someone who was being led, and I looked to those leaders for you know inspiration. And though I was lucky to have a couple good ones, there were certainly some not so great folks that stood out. Now that made a big impression on me because I, I swore to myself. When I got to a position where I did have a team that was responsible, who's looking to me, I, I knew what I didn't want to do. You know, I knew there are things that certainly little pet peeves of my own that I didn't want to pass on to my team, like micromanaging. And it's not so much even the micromanaging that's annoying that somebody's over your shoulder constantly, but what it signals is you don't trust others. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, I think when you do things like micromanage, it it's also... <laughs> It's about control, but it's also about your own insecurities, that if you can't relinquish control, if you can't empower people, if you feel the need to do this, something is inherently wrong. So I always try to hire super smart people who are great at what they did, because to me, it was like, wow, that makes my job easier because they they know their stuff and wow, they're here. And, and to me, they became trusted advisors that helped me I looked amazing as a leader. That wasn't my motivation, but wow, what great people. And I just let them do their jobs. I mean, I was always available. I would say, I'm here if you need me, but you've got this. I trust you. And I think that's really important for a leader to be able to, to communicate that to their team. If, if, you know, somebody has to wonder, I don't know what she's thinking, or I don't know. That's horrible. So, I mean, my whole thing is communicating and connecting, right? That's, that's, inherently who I am and what I try to help leaders do better. And you spoke to it earlier. There, everybody, I don't care who you are, what level, we all have a basic human need that we want to be seen, we want to be heard, we want to belong. And the things that you can do as a leader to, to help your team feel that way are things like listening, are things like being aware, all the soft skills, the emotional intelligence, the intellectual humility, which is not having to be right and delighting in being wrong because, wow, I just learned something and not ruling by fear and having trying to have control, but really it, it's leading in such a way that you are inspiring and empowering others to action, that you have a vision, but you are confident, not cocky, confident enough in yourself that you're like, I don't need to control everything. 
I, I have great people. I have a great team. I have a great, and you're, you're maintaining those relationships. So it's relationships over transactions, right? It's, I'm saying all these things. And I know you're nodding oh, your head because no, I, I've no, written because, about this. I've talked about this. It's very much like, <laughs> but, but it's true. I think there's a difference between a leader and a manager, you know, and manage, management is very much about, and it's necessary for certain things. It's about control. It's, you know, it's about these controlling these elements or these people in order to facilitate and achieve this goal, right? right? Whereas leadership is really more about the bigger picture, inspiring and, and kind of motivating others to, to, to be their best and to do what they can do and less about having your thumb on them and doing this. And I know there are some leaders who that's how they operate, unfortunately, but that's not what works best in my experience as someone who had leaders who tried to do that. It was not very motivating. And also as somebody who tried to, as a leader of others, use her emotional intelligence, try to draw on those soft skills, try to put myself in their shoes, use those things where it's not about me. It's about the other person and really to pause and I think that comes with both experience in life and in leadership and, and just generally is just the power of the pause to kind of step back and formulate a response and not have just a reaction, right? right? Because reactions rarely go well. <laughs> They're usually just heated and just like, you know, oh, very yeah. emotionally charged in a very bad way. And, and it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Oh my gosh, I'm human, right? I, I'm going to lose it once in a while, right? If you, everybody has a breaking point. But um, when you have that awareness of yourself, the way you move through the world, the way your energy affects others, that you can enter a room and you can choose and you are aware of, am I bringing in all the garbage from the crappy call I just had into this team Zoom that I'm doing? Or am I like, okay, that sucked, but I have to meet with my team and yeah. I want to give them, you know, positive. I want to give them my all. I want to be able to kind of operate at a higher level of energy and playing and, and do that. So I think there are a lot of things within your control. If you focus on keeping yourself and start with yourself and be the best person leader that you can be, there's going to be a ripple effect that that will Completely. push out into everybody else. Now, if you are, it, it works the other way too. So if you are like kind of feeling crappy and you're just spewing fire, guess what? That's going to affect everyone around you too. Yeah. So I think there's there's a huge part of having that self-awareness. And even if things aren't great, just being able to like, okay, you know, but and acknowledge it. You don't have to like ignore it. But um, it even might be telling the team saying, look, guys, I just want to be upfront with you. I just had a really I got bad news or I got this. And it could be something personal and people will respect that because that means that you're actually a human being. You're not right. just some entity, right? And just being able to share with them and communicate. It doesn't mean you have to share every detail, but it's enough to let them understand why you might not be yourself and to ask for grace from them. And it's like, look, I'm not myself or I just got bad news or something happened and I'm having a rough time. And I just, I asked for your patience, but you'd be surprised. I mean, there's so many leaders are afraid to have that vulnerability, you know, and you mentioned Brené Brown. Oh my gosh, love her. Right. And the courage to kind of do that. But when you do it as a leader, you open it up for others to do that too. And that's going to facilitate that conversation. It's going to deepen the relationships and trust. It's going to all the good and things. Respect, right? respect, and, yes. and respect. And, and, you know, these are all things we can take them off the shelf and really apply them. And if anybody needs their, you know, any one of us needs the what's in it for me. If, if, if we're still not driven by the fact that we're putting positive energy out there and changing the world and helping change others. And if you still think, well, what about me? Well, you know what? You're going to be happier and more mm -hmm. fulfilled and healthier. And so if, if you have to start because you want to think first about yourself, that's okay. <laughs> but you're going to be a better person when your goal is to help others become better. And, and you know, it may be that leaders, and people who aspire to lead others maybe have the same goal, which is to arrive at a place where others win and we win. But when we have, to your point, going back to what you said earlier, if whatever we plan to do, whatever service we're trying to offer, whatever relationship we're trying to connect with the other person, if our goal from the get-go is, hey, it's rarely about me. 
-hmm. It's about the person that I'm here to work with, Mm -hmm. the people I want to impact. Then I think if we can put that as our stepping stone, as our foot forward, the journey that we tread will be a lot, a lot better. It'll make us stronger people. It'll make a community where we do feel like we belong. And it's, it's not kumbaya because it yeah. won't be easy, yeah. but it'll be easier. Mm-hmm. If I can ask you, and thank you for, for that wonderful share. You said that you're writing a book. Any hints at what we can expect or is that uh, hold your breath and coming soon? Stay tuned. Oh gosh, I would love it to come soon. So um, the, I'm writing my first novel and I say okay. writing, this is, this is a process <laughs> and it's long and it's a very different style of writing. So I love reading, um, in addition to like business books and things like that, of course, I consume that a lot of that kind of content. And that's what I write primarily on LinkedIn is business focused sort of stuff. But I love fiction. I love psychological thrillers. So that is the novel that I'm mm-hmm. writing in the process and is process. Um, and not surprisingly, psychological thrillers because it comes back to human behavior, right? It comes back to how the mind works, how people work, m- motivates them, why they do the things they do, which fascinates me. So, you know, if I wasn't a writer, I might be a psychologist or something or someone that studies, studies neuroscience, just because I find all of that just like, oh my gosh, and it's all interconnected and why people do what they do. So, so yeah, so I, you know, I think someone asked me this and it's saying, it's almost like Brené Brown meets Dan Brown, right? So there's a little bit, there's hopefully there's movement and action and everything, but it's coming back to, you know, the things that I write about from a business perspective, like the soft skills and emotional intelligence will factor in to the storyline as well. So stay tuned. I would love to have it done. I would love to share it, but you know, I feel like if I'm putting it out there publicly, that'll Give me a little kick in the butt to get it done. Well, looking forward to reading and learning from it. And I want to thank you so much for being so unfaltered today and being my guest and sharing you and yourself and, and, and what you do so well with the rest of us. So thank you so much. Stay blessed. Thank you All for the best having to you. me. Take care. Thank you for listening to Unfiltered, the show about authentic leadership and personal growth. Like what you heard? Click subscribe, share it, and tell a friend about it. And don't forget to leave a rating.